Should we set up needle exchanges for drug addicts? Why should we help them after they've caused their own mess? Welcome to the Transformative Duff. My name is Rabbi Daniel Friedman. Today we are on page 43 of Tractate Nadarim. And we learn that even when people have harmed themselves, and even if they've harmed you, we must go the extra mile to help them out of their predicament. Welcome to the Transformative Duff, and thank you for being my Chavrissa today. I like to begin with a story. Rev. Ariel Levine was once summoned to court in order to pay a sum of money for a loan on which he'd signed as a guarantor. He didn't recall the incident, and so he asked the judge to take a look at the documents. Sure enough, the signature was a bad forgery. He looked up and noticed the debtor shuffling in his place, obviously feeling very guilty and embarrassed. Nevertheless, Rev. Ariel Levine apologized for forgetting the incident and asked if he could repay the sizable loan in installments. The other party agreed and the rabbi proceeded to pay the money out of his own pocket over the next few months. Why? Because Rev. Ariel Levine would do anything to avoid embarrassing his fellow in public. Let's look at today's Gemara. One for whom benefit from another is forbidden by vow, but does not have anything to eat. The one from whom benefit is forbidden may go to the shopkeeper and say to him, So-and-so vowed the benefit from me is forbidden for him, and I do not know what to do. Taking the hint, the shopkeeper may give food to the one for whom benefit is forbidden, and then take payment for the food from the one who spoke to him. Similarly, if the house for one for whom benefit is forbidden by a vow was to be built, his fence to be erected, or his field to be harvested, and laborers were required, but he had no money to hire them, the one from whom benefit is forbidden goes to the laborers and says to them, Benefit from me is forbidden by vow to so-and-so, and I do not know what to do, and the laborers perform those tasks with him and come and take payment for their labor from that person. Let's analyze the Gemara. In today's Gemara, an individual vows that he will take no benefit from his friend. Meanwhile, his friend sees that the individual has no food on his table. He's now in a quandary. He would love to feed him, but the fellow has vowed to abstain from receiving anything from him. So he devises a plan. He goes to the grocery store and tells the shopkeeper the story, concluding that he doesn't know what to do. If the shopkeeper is smart and halakhically knowledgeable, he will provide food for free to the vower. He may then go back to the man who told him the story and ask for payment, and the same thing would apply to other basic needs. The obvious question is, why this individual doesn't simply go and have his vow annulled? That would instantly resolve his poverty crisis. The fellow from whom he has vowed abstinence would like to help him. All he needs to do is remove the vow and his friend won't need to find circuitous routes to provide for him. We don't know the answer to this question, but we do know that certain people will create and sustain problems in their lives due to their foolishness or obstinacy. Sometimes people make bad decisions in life. They find themselves in terrible situations and have nobody to blame but themselves. It's tempting to ignore their peril until they fix the predicament of their own making. But they may be so deep into their situation that they're unable to extract themselves without a helping hand. To use an extreme example, think about a needle exchange program. Why should society provide clean syringes for illicit substance addicts? The answer is firstly to endeavor to keep them from contracting blood transmissible diseases, thereby endangering themselves in society. But secondly, we want to be able to reach out to these people and help try to direct them to rehab programs. There are those who say that we shouldn't help them. After all, their problems are self-inflicted. But just because they've acted foolishly and wantonly, that doesn't absolve us from our duty to assist those in need. 
It reminds me of the story of Moshe, the shtetl's drunkard, who was going door-to-door putting out his hand for a few kopecks when he knocked on the door five-ish the miser. What do I have to lose, he said to himself as he walked up the foreboding path. Worst comes to worst, he'll say no. Nothing ventured, nothing gained. Five-ish opened the door and stood there in the nice, warm entrance of his house. After hearing Moshe's plea, he proceeded to spend the next half-hour lecturing him upon the, about the importance of getting a job, while Moshe stood outside shivering in the freezing cold. Fivish concluded his soliloquy with a stern voice. I'd love to help you, but I think I'd only be hurting you by supporting this drinking habit you've developed. The best thing I can do for you now is to send you off with my tough love and hope you will heed my words and find something constructive to do with your life. Often in life, people make mistakes that they could have avoided, but that doesn't mean you shouldn't help them. On the way down the spiral, they may have even hurt you in the process. The message of the Gemara is that you must help no matter what. The easiest solution to the Talmud's problem would be for the one who vowed abstinence to simply have his vow annulled. But despite having nothing to eat, he stubbornly refuses to admit his mistake. The fellow whom he vowed to have nothing to do with could hardly be faulted for walking away from the problem. After all, he was the object of the vow's contempt. Instead, he goes and finds creative ways to help the vow out of his self-made mess. You may have suffered at the hands of someone in your life who made bad judgments. Maybe she has a gambling problem. Maybe he has a drinking problem. And you think, why should I help him after the way I've been treated? And he continues to be stubborn and refuse help. The lesson of the Gemara is that you must always seek creative ways to continue to help this person. If you turn your back on him, who knows what might happen to him? We have a mitzvah in the Torah, and you shall walk in his ways. Our sages explain that just as God is merciful, we must strive to be merciful. Just as God is gracious, so must we strive to be gracious. Mercy and grace don't come naturally. It means treating people with loving kindness, even when they don't deserve it. When you go the extra mile for those who are undeserving, God opens his treasure chest of blessing and showers it down upon you. Sometimes people make terrible choices in life, and we are tempted to turn our backs on them, especially given all the hurt that they've caused us. May you have the strength to be there to assist them through their challenges, whether they deserve or appreciate everything you are doing for them, wishing you a transformative day. Thank you for tuning into the Transformative Duff Podcast with Rabbi Daniel Friedman. Whether you've been doing Duff Yomi for years or you're not quite ready to commit but want to be part of the Duff Yomi global movement, there's something in the Transformative Duff for everyone. It's about joining the conversation. It's about talking over the Duff with your family, your friends, your colleagues. It means never being short of a discussion starter or a meaningful Dvar Torah. Every page of the Gemara, every word, every letter contains the secrets of the universe to achieving a life of simcha and purpose. Transform your life today. The Transformative Daf is published by Mosaica Press and available at all good Jewish bookstores and online from mosaicapress.com. Thank you, The Transformative Daf.